Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Hangover Podcast, where we raise the bar and lower the tone, all things FPL related. This week, folks, we are going to take you on a journey blank to the future. And before you ask where we're going, you don't need green arrows. And that's a good thing, because you're not going to get them here, at least not in this episode. Kind of a topsy-turvy week that saw several blasts from the past tear up the usual FPL narratives and cause some innocent podcasters like myself to make 80s film references. And of course, I'm talking about the likes of a Marcus Alonso brace, which Giroud assisted one, I believe. Leighton Baines reminding us why, in many ways, he could be considered the precursor to a Marcus Alonso. And of course, let's not forget Liverpool getting absolutely twatted by Watford. But before we get into this any further, you can call him anything you want, but do not call him Chicken, my podcast partner in crime. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? Don't call me Chicken. I will never call you Chicken again. (laughs) Okay. It's another Back to the Future reference. Is it? I was like, I don't really get that reference. (laughs) Every time someone calls him Chicken, Marty McFly goes batshit. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, come on. Oh, well, now, I have a, I have a, okay, we gotta watch Back to the Future after this because it's been too long. I've got to, we gotta stop recording. We gotta write a whole new intro. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> How are it you? Is, it is, actually, you know what? This was without any consultation. This is a very good Back to the Future kind of reference because I am back to where I was pre wildcard now. If I could just my wild, you, my Jess, wild, yeah. It's blank to the future. Blank to the future. I think it adds a little something. It does. It yeah. does. But the references are in reference to the movie Back to the Future. Yeah. And but sorry, I, sorry. I am back to where I was pre wildcard. So I. I wildcarded at a great game week one, went from 120 or I had the first game week after my wildcard, which would have been game week 24. The honeymoon period. Yeah, it would be around game week 24. And I went through it with a nice green arrow from like 128k to like 68k. And now I'm back into like 130k zone. Exactly. So three, three red arrows in a row for me. Another shitty week. It was this, sh- this FPL is no fun lately. No, but I mean, to be fair, like I said it before we started recording, it was shitty for all. Like, it was an average score of, what did we say, 28 points? 26. 26 points. Jesus, even lower. I got 28. That's where I was getting confused. But yeah, 26 points average. That's incredibly low. So, I mean, with that in mind, Seamus, it's, it's hard to feel too bad about it. There's a lot, you know, kind of worst case scenarios out there. Yeah, last, uh, last week was a game week average of 27 pre the Liverpool West Ham game. Yeah. Like that was the average before that. Uh, after this game now I know there was what eight games but Liverpool were playing average was game week 26 and that all came down because Liverpool as you rightly said got twatted by uh, Watford and that was the only thing that saved the average score last week in the end being I think something like around 41. So so you can tank Liverpool last week but they weren't there two weeks in a row They've saved their ass so many times this yeah. season you know with uh just pulling you up another 30 points from three players kind of thing but not this week I'm afraid couldn't do it yeah it was a big shock uh, obviously you know Liverpool losing their first match of the season uh, The it's going to send ripples across the fantasy Premier League but in general like to do it this week and the, the week where Man City have, are, don't have a fixture you know there's Vardy didn't play uh, all of these kind of kind of things that people were expecting and then for Liverpool just to add a cherry on top there on a Saturday night and have their first defeat of the season yeah bit of a shock yeah a lot of people especially Arsenal fans very very happy to see them lose um, I thought it would have been very hard for them to go the entire season undefeated anyway if they if they actually managed to 
beat or draw with Watford today, they probably would have dropped points at some stage in the next few weeks anyway. Just very hard to stay that, you know, turn, you know, tuned in yeah. for 90 minutes every game and not make a mistake and you know, a couple of injuries away before Dejan Lovren is starting, you know. Yeah. Not that it was his fault. He got a lot of slack online saying he was the reason why. Maybe he didn't play great, but the goals yeah. weren't his fault. No, but really. he was pretty shit. So I think that didn't help his case, especially because, like, I think the last... Was it the last five matches that Van Dijk has lost four of those he was partnered with Lovren in? Now, maybe that's more to do with the fact that Gomez didn't have a spot, uh, you know, kind of for ages. But I don't know. I'm not going to read too much into it and I'm not going to give Lovren too much shit. But I will say that on Friday night when I was looking at my transfers and I was going to go Liverpool double defence, I think that's kind of the way forward. Uh, at least it was before they lost the match. Anyway, I felt like they were going to try and just grind out, see out victories. Um, I was debating, do I go with Gomez? And with the week that was in it, Vardy not starting, Martial, all these kind of players fucking just turning shit upside down for me. I was delighted that uh, I went with Robertson in the end. Yeah, you know? that's one point uh, extra. Yeah, a whole one point. Uh, How long is Gomez like to be out? Do you have any idea? Is it just going to be one game he's going to miss or be out for a few? be 100% honest with you. I assumed it was just a rest. Now, maybe this is my ignorance, but I didn't no, think it was an No, he had a knock of some description. He was struggling with something, but... Um, have to check Ben Dinry for that because, uh, as I said, I have my full quota of Liverpool players filled. I have Van Dyke and I have Trent yeah. plus uh, Salah, and I haven't been looking at getting Gomez in. So I was surprised anyone to even learn he had an injury, but apparently some an injury of some description. So I don't think it's a very very long term one. Um, yeah. I still wouldn't be looking at him uh, in terms. I think this is showing why Van Dyke, Roberts, like doubling up on the win backs, even though it's the extra bit. That's kind of the. The preferred defence or option to get into Liverpool double defence. But let's bring it back out into the, the broader scope of FPL. And Friday night was the deadline last week. We had a Norwich Leicester match to look forward to. And yeah, lo and behold, a cat was amongst the pigeons uh, in news that Vardy wasn't going to be starting in the Leicester game. And how did that affect your game week? Like, were you prepared for it? I saw you made your transfers late. Yeah, I uh, I held off and I was aware that he wasn't starting bef- uh, before the actual deadline had passed. So that kind of impacted my entire decision making process. I was holding off to see if and get as much information as possible because there is the possibility of a double game week 29 now that Arsenal have been knocked out of the Europa League. Yeah. They're game week um, fixture that was postponed this week well, actually was it Man City or did, no they're meant to play this week uh, no Arsenal are playing West Ham this week but I don't know what the postponed fixture but we'll get into the no no the week, the week just gone the week just gone that they blanked oh yeah I think it was Arsenal yeah, City yeah. Was Arsenal City so that game is uh, was looking uh, increasingly likely to push to game week 29 they were just waiting on an announcement um, the people in the know who are saying that if it's going to be announced there's a good chance it would be announced before the game week 28 deadline maybe on Friday sometime yeah you were like last week you were talking about Aguero out for Vardy that was your yeah. kind of go to plan even when you did your wild card it was like I'm going with Aguero for three weeks blank comes up Aguero to Vardy yeah exactly and I, I remember at the time thinking I could go Aubameyang but I'd switch to Vardy then now that's cost me points. That's cost me the bones of 20-odd points uh, in that period. Okay, whatever. And I was saying last week that if it wasn't for the fact that Arsenal were blanking in game week 28, I might just go for Aubameyang. Now I've got the choice to go for either of those next week. Um, you also before. have the choice to stick because you, in the end you chose to just hold Aguero, not transfer him into Vardy. And now you have an Aguero facing into, as you said, a possible double game week. Yeah. And uh, a match against Man United. Yeah, but three bad fixtures in the next four. I mean, mm. you say bad. I mean, Man United. Man United always seem to do well against City, or at least play better against City. I don't know about that. 
going well, on. Well, they've they've beaten. Him. I remember at the time Pogba got those two goals uh, last season or whatever it was, mm-hmm. season four. Uh, Man United seem to raise their game against the bigger teams and try and hit them on the counter attack, and that sometimes works. You know, yeah. they they worked against Liverpool around the season. Um, Man City also have Chelsea and Liverpool. The Liverpool game is going to be a hard one. Whatever about the Chelsea game, which don't really know what way that's going to go you you still think City are going to win but if they're out of the league and they're still focusing on the Champions League rest and rotation and I'm wondering even if I stuck with Aguero how many of these games he'd even start yeah you know he rested Jesus in the first leg against Real Madrid which means he could easily play Jesus in one of these league games as well in one of the big games so I'm you know the, the game he'd probably rest for would be that Burnley game in game week 30 so I don't know even if there is a double game week this week, I'd be more confident that Aubameyang would start two games as opposed to Aguero. I just want Aguero out now. So I've decided decide where I'm going to go. And what actually happened was, had I got a Aguero win, that would have saved me the bones of three million. That would have allowed me to do major upgrades in midfield. I could have. I didn't want to go for double. I was looking at Barnes as well in the Leicester midfield, but I didn't want to go for double Leicester. So I could have made Grealish... Fernandez, yeah, that didn't happen. Ten points I could have gotten there if I if I hadn't been made aware of uh, Vardy not being in the squad, it could have worked out better. But let's not you know dwell on the ifs and ands. Like what did you actually do in the end? What I did ended up getting me nothing. So I had two free transfers and I got Bali in for Steve uh, for Egan. Yeah, zero points because he got a yellow card and conceded uh, two goals. And I pivoted at the last minute and I went for Perez instead of Barnes. I just thought Perez could be a good option with Vardy's absences uh, in Vardy's absence because he's scored a lot of his goals um, on the pitch when Vardy has been absent. So I was like, you know what? This could be good. And he's got more points than Harvey Barnes. They're pretty much the same price. I was like, we know what Perez can do in the second half of a season. I, I thought it was a good differential to have, yeah. even though Harvey Barnes himself is a differential. But I'm just a bit sickened that if I hadn't got the news, I might have went... Vardy in for Aguero and I'd have him for next week and I could have someone like either Fernandez or instead of getting Bali, I could have upgraded to Doherty who's somebody I really wanted. And I was looking at getting Bali in game, or not Bali, but Doherty in game week 29 and I wasn't going to go for Bali last week but because I end up sticking with Aguero in the end to give myself more time, I didn't really have enough money in the bank to do anything major. Do you, yeah, do you think you missed the ship or do you think that's kind of the direction you're still looking at going in now? Doherty? Yeah. No, I would, that would require getting, uh, I've got my three Wolves players, that would require getting too many people out. It's just yeah. missed the ship on Doherty now, I'm just going to have to suck it up and just stick with Bali. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you mentioned that you kind of made a little last minute switch to Perez over Barnes and I was kind of both happy and sad to see you did that because I made the switch to Barnes so I kind of at this stage of the season, would prefer a bit of a differential between myself and yourself, yeah. especially considering and your... And I kind of made it... We, we spoke about it last week and we are both speaking about Barnes. I was like, Joe probably will go Barnes, so I would like to have someone different. Yeah, well, that's good that we're kind of simpatico there. But uh, I, in turn, made... I wasn't going to... My whole plan was like, look, if I can just scape, like, kind of scrape through game week 28 without a hit and just take whatever the gods give me, that that's my plan A. But sitting there on Friday with an hour or two to go before the deadline, you had the news of Vardy not playing. Martial, who has been a big differential for me over the last three game weeks, has been fantastic. Uh, kind of, I think he's less than twenty percent owned. So I think he's he's even way less than twenty percent owned. But either way, a big differential. Three game weeks on the trot, he's kind of pulled something back. And yeah, he apparently was rested or was gone to have a scan over some strain somewhere i don't fucking know but either way it was l- unlikely that he would feature at least that was the impression that that was what was being said yeah yeah so i'm there shitting myself and going okay verdi's not playing marcial is out i already only had 
uh, like my bench options being Rico, who has lost his place in the last two weeks for Bournemouth. Kind of bad timing for me. Stevens, who had a bit of an injury, and uh, he basically fucking uh, was working his way back. There was a chance he'd start this week. And uh, Ender Stevens. No, not no, Ender Stevens. Dale, but, uh, Stevens. Dale Stevens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is what I was relying on. there's Ender Stevens. Dale, I forget about Dale Stevens, and mm-hmm. there's Stevens for... Uh, for Southampton, but you shouldn't forget about Dale Stevens. He's a bit of a a kind of mainstay in your team last season, I last believe. Last year yeah. he was, yeah. And I w- went back to the same reason, but he did pick up a knock a couple of weeks ago, and he was working his way back. Potter had come out and said that there was a chance he'd feature in the game, so I was going, I really can't be relying. Did he play in the end? He didn't even play. Oh. So my minus four was kind of forced in the sense that I was like, all right, fuck it, time to make moves. Hopefully I can get lucky here. I... Removed Lundstrom, sadly, so no more ever presence in my team this season. Mm. Removed Lundstrom, and I went to Robertson on that double Liverpool defence. And I did take a chance with Barnes because of the Vardy thing. I really yeah. wanted some of Leicester in the next couple of weeks. And if Vardy's injury turned out to be to be longer than expected, at least I'd have a bit of Barnes cover. That was the same with me. And I was like, I don't want to get Vardy in. And then he misses the following week. Now... The word from Brendan Rodgers is that he's going to miss the midweek uh, FA Cup game yeah. against Birmingham City, but he should be available for the Aston Villa game next weekend. So for game week 29, he should be back, but you never know. He might stick with Ian Acho up there. Ian Acho looked good, had a goal ruled out for uh, handball after VAR uh, intervened, which was a bit of a shame because it was a lovely strike. I think Leicester losing 1-0 to Norwich means that if Vardy's fit to go, he's starting, you know? I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many games left in the season for them to consolidate and make sure they secure that third spot. Yeah. So you need your wins. And I do think Vardy will probably come good again, but it, it I wasn't impressed with as much as Leicester had the ball. They didn't look that impressive uh, in the game. A lot of it was just passive, kind of moving the ball around and... I don't know. I like. I thought. I thought Norwich were kind of worth their money. The win, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Leicester have been kind of on a slippery slope for at least what eight game weeks now. It's, yeah. But it's an Christmas odd game week here and there where they put in a decent performance. Some game weeks where they put in a decent performance and don't get anything. But in general, it's been fuck. Like you had, you basically have a group that's separated now uh, in FPL. The those who got rid of Vardy before the baby and. You know, those who didn't. And yeah. I'm very much in the... You're kind of half in it because you, you did wildcard a couple of weeks ago. But I'm very much stuck with Vardy the whole time. And that's... It's not worked out at all. Well, I was like, let's get off the Vardy train for that reason. And I was correct in my assessment of, okay, I want off uh, Vardy. I don't want any bit of Madison, you know, for those games. All perfectly fine. But the players I've got instead of them have done nothing. Like, as I said, Aguero blanking those three games in a row. Didn't have a game this week as well. And who else did have? Triori. Triori and Aguero have been just done nothing for my FPL team since my wildcard. The rest of the team's okay. Oh, I also stuck with Grealish and he got a goal there one week. But I just feel like going forward, Grealish is going to be getting maybe one or two returns. He'll get a, set, a few seven points between now and the end of the season, but I think it's going to be mostly twos. I mean, I, I don't... Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you look at Aston Villa's upcoming fixtures, they come in now a, in a, an away match against Leicester, home against Chelsea, then away to Newcastle, home to Wolves, and away to Liverpool. Yeah, I think if you have... If you wanted Aston Villa cover, then Grealish, for his price point and what he's done this season, there's no doubt he's the, the option. But I'm not too convinced... Only as a fourth midfielder, not yeah. as a third midfielder, only as a fourth midfielder. I think there's third 
midfielder slots there available now in the 8 million bracket with the likes of Fernandez, who's look for United who's looking more and more essential as the weeks go on you could go at Martial if he's proven to be fit next week um that still remains to be seen what his fitness is like yeah Actually, well no, he I, played so yeah he started the weekend he started, so I mean you've just stumbled upon my high point of the week now there wasn't a whole lot to choose from this week but you had the likes of a Jimenez goal and a Newcastle clean sheet there was little kind of there was little things to cheer for but yeah to be honest considering the state of my team and the fact that I've had no one coming in for him the mere fact of him starting against Everton those two points I was, yeah, that was me. I was happy. My high uh, point. How many players do you actually play with in the end? I think I play with like 10. 10? 10, 10, yeah. I saw a few teams playing with uh, 9 and 8, a few 8s even. Bad. I saw one team with 7 playing just because they weren't prepared, didn't have enough. I was too focused on getting 11 players out. I actually had 3 points on the bench for Hayden, Yeah. Uh, as it turned out. So I should have just benched either Stevens for Southampton or Bali for Wolves, who both got me zeros. Um. I think maybe that's possible in terms of if I was to self-critique a little bit looking at how poor my bench was this week I'm going maybe I should have been more focused on that over the last couple of weeks instead of like the Lundstrom letting him sit there until this game week but I mean either way it would have had to have been a hit at any stage Yeah. Uh, again so what what was your uh, you said you got 28 points you said 28. with the hit so 24 yeah 24 points and uh, how did that affect your OR? So well, where's your OR now? Because I, I know the gap between us, but I don't know where your OR, your OR is at. Like. Yeah, I dropped from, I think it was like 175 down to about 238. And then now I've dropped down to 280. I'm not even sure if it's 2D. I'm going to say 238 and I'm going to fact check this as yeah. we ramble through the rest of it. Well, but I'll tell yeah. you mine what, if you want while you're checking it. Yeah, um, I scored the game week average of 26 points. So uh, two points less than you, but when you factor in your hit... Um, two points better off than you really um, which was a game week rank of 3.5 million right bang in the middle of the road another red arrow that's three meh game weeks in a row for me and uh, I went down 24k to 136k I was on 112 yeah well I I was actually kind of half right it was yeah dropped down to 286 now in total so it was I had two greens not two massive greens but I pumped myself back up to 238 and uh, yeah, now I'm down to 286. Yeah, so you're kind of still where you were four weeks ago, which is kind of where I am as well. Yeah. Um, pre wildcard, I was. I'm kind of back to where I was pre wildcard. Slightly worse off than where I was pre wildcard, but the team's in good shape. If I look at it on paper, maybe in game week 28, just gone, it didn't look amazing because there were so many blanks and there wasn't too many plum fixtures. But I had guys in pretty good fixtures. Um, but like the week before in game week 27 and this game week 29. I've had amazing fixtures. I, in fact, like I could actually ben- realistically bench boost this game week yeah. and have a lot of players, like most of my players playing nice home games. Uh, not really many of my teams facing each other. And I don't know, I've like looking at how my team has looked recently, when all of my teams have had nice fixtures, they haven't got points anyway. So I think bench boosting could be a, a waste. I might just hold off. I don't know. I mean, it does feel like I should save it for a double game week. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to kind of see what news breaks before the rest of the week. Because this is, this is another week, at least for me, where it's very much a wait and see. Leave your transfers as late as you as late as you can. Not just because of, uh, you know, FA Cup matches, but also the, the double game weeks and all those kind of announcements that we're kind of expecting before this week is out. So, unfortunately... I hope there is, you know, that I don't suffer too much from kind of price rises. Like, that's kind of where I'm going with it right now. Like, with the likes of Bruno Fernandes, you mentioned there. He's going to shoot up. I have Martial. I don't know if... Like, it's kind of 
irritating in the sense that if I want to keep Martial, you know, there is an option. He did play the two, the night, the, he got two points. He played, well, I think it was like 70 odd minutes against Everton. But Fernandez has had an absolute flyer of a start to his United's career. He's scored, what, last week? Bit of a bullshit goal, or yesterday, a bit of a bullshit goal that Pickford should have kept out, in my opinion, but whatever. He's 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 chalked up another one. Picked mm. up a goal and assist again week before that on penalties. 8.2, I believe he is now. Mm. Uh, top for transfers in in the game week so far. Where do you stand on the Fernandez? Like you mentioned that you were considering him, obviously. Do, do you think that he's now the top option for Manchester United? I think so, and that was part of... Um, I don't know what was my low point this week. Um, actually, the low point might have been... Fernandez scoring because obviously he did so well the pre which is odd to say as a United fan but he did so well the previous week that you knew it was a bit of a bandwagon for me yeah. so then when I heard Martial was being assessed by the medical team and he wasn't going probably he might not make it and then he wasn't seen photographed with the team the night before the hotel yeah. which isn't um, unusual because the hotel that they say at pre-match games he doesn't norm- he normally meets up with them that morning of the game because yeah. he lives like next door or across or across the road or something like that. Okay. So it's not unusual for him not to be travel with the squad in the team bus to the hotel. But like this, he they were in Merseyside, weren't they? So I suppose that's not even that far of a drive from Manchester. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. That's like I don't know the whole. That's they stay in a hotel the night before in um, Manchester and just drive to. Yeah, either way, when I heard that news, I was going, that's not confirming anything. He's yeah. literally about but when, two hours away from But when the, news is, when the news is out there that he's a doubt and he might miss it, the amount of people that you knew the, there was a bandwagon form anyway, that just went straight, Martial to Fernandez, yeah. or people that would have had Son in their team or other players in their team that they and money to spend because of the blank, you knew he's going to have high ownership. Even a Grealish, if you, had a, if, if you had a few bob in the bank or if you were doing a double transfer, mm. the likes of turning a Grealish into Fernandez was a very possible... I mean, that's what you said you were looking at, actually, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, the, like, the one thing I wanted from that United game was uh, Calvert-Lewin to do nothing yeah. and Fernandez to do nothing. Because this is what the whole game's about. If the players who are highly owned and well-picked do stuff, then your rank suffers. So when I saw that, I was like, God damn it, that's going to be a big green a red arrow now yeah and, and someone so else proved. that falls into that category uh diego jota someone else who's had a storming uh, couple of weeks and continued it this week with a goal and assist against spurs much to the chagrin of traore owners i'd imagine yeah and uh traore again seemed to have a shoulder injury uh kind of about after about 60 well no it was about maybe 70 odd minutes uh he kind of pulled up with his shoulder in a bit of a tussle with Tanganga, it didn't fall to the ground or anything like that. It was just a bit of pushing and shoving, and it just seemed to pop out and dislocate again. Now, he played on for the next five minutes or so before eventually coming off, but um, uh, basically Nuno uh, confirmed after the game that it was his uh, shoulder popped out, dislocated again. And that's like the third, at least the third time in the last uh, this season, last six months or so, that that's occurred. Yeah. Possibly even the fourth time. And he's been rested a lot to try and help him recover, and it's still occurring. So I'm worried that it's going to lead to more time to recover he might he can still he's a strong boy you know as they say and he can play on and stuff like that but why would you play on when they bought this new guy Pedance or Pedance or whatever you pronounce it um, they've got Jota banging in goals yeah. and they've Neto looked very sharp when he came on and has looked good when he's been playing with them too well like you mentioned that you've tripled up on Wolves you have Bali Traore and Jimenez and I don't think there's any arguments to be made for Jimenez he's again scored this week mm-hmm. uh, another Contender Win, for a high point. Winning goal. Yeah, that was my high point because um, I had so very little. My team really had Jimenez with seven points. Lascelles clean sheet for Newcastle, which was six. Yeah. 
Um, the rest were all twos and ones. That was the one move I think I might have made responsibly this season was like in preparation for game week twenty eight. I'm going to get a Newcastle defender. Yeah, didn't fucking make a difference. Still had to take a hit, but uh, yeah, no, you have the three uh, Wolves players and Jimenez. As I said, there's no, there can be no argument with. But when you look ahead to their fixtures, Brighton at home next week, then an away match against West Ham, and a home match against Bournemouth, and an away match against Villa. So Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa. All four teams all need something. Luckily, Wolves also are fighting for a possible Champions League spot. Um, you know, Europa League at the very least. Uh, so they still have something to play for. They're going to be good games, and I expect goals in them. I don't expect them from Traore. Uh, no, I never really expected too much goals from him anyway. It's always kind of assists. Yeah. He has scored a few goals against Man City. I think he scored uh, two goals in the first leg against the first game against them and one in the second game against them. I think they're his three goals this season. He might mm-hmm. have another goal against someone. But you're right. Like We're not expecting goals from Troy. That's a good point. And it's probably unfair to say I'm expecting them because for his mm-hmm. price point, you know, at least a couple of weeks ago when it was in the low kind of mid to low fives yeah he still there and assist is fine is it still 5.2 yeah it's still about like 5. 5. 5. yeah I think it's up to maybe 5.3 5.4 possibly maybe even 5.5 possibly but it's not that much higher all I kind of want from him is an assist every second game I but haven't got that over four games so he's entered fire on the dance floor territory for your for your team now I'd say yeah because there was a lot of good Wolves options I'd like to have Doherty as I said uh, or you know I went with Bali in the end I think Bali will still pick up points we can see that they're keeping more clean sheets they were against a Spurs team, you know. Spurs, you know, aren't a bad team, so yeah. they they can get goals. But like they're against Brighton this week, away to West Ham, home to Bournemouth, away to Aston Villa. You'd fancy a couple of clean sheets in there, and I'd be happy with two clean sheets out of those next four from Bali. Or yeah, I'm all with you. I mean, to be honest, maybe a goal thrown in there somewhere would that be nice? If I was to make one move this week, uh, like I still kind of do. I don't know if I should go on tilt. I know it doesn't really count as tilt if you're considering it, but uh, I am kind of maybe going another muck fucking minus four and uh, change it up a little bit. But if I'm to play it straight, which usually once the week and I have time to cool down and wait till Friday mm. it's usually what happens I'll look at getting a Wolves defender in for that, that very reason savage fixtures but I think I'm happy with just a Wolves defender and him and us I don't know if I want to Darty if you can afford him is the way to go because he looked again got a goal um, had another chance there another header that was saved he set up uh, the other one, he was really involved. Both fullbacks were. Vinagre on the other side was really involved as well. Well, I'll tell um, you, I'll tell you an uh, antidotal story as chieftain. An antidotal say. story. Antidotal. Um, one of the lads was over and we were chatting about this week, game week twenty eight just gone, and he he said to me, "Well, I think I already know what I'm doing next week," and I said, "Well, what is?" And he goes, "I'm getting Matt Hardy." And I knew the way he said it. I was like, you actually don't know how expensive he is, do you? And uh, I, he said, no, no, what what price is he? And I said, 6.1. He was just he nearly spat his drink back out. He's like, what? And cause he's, he's thinking like, of last season, probably. Yeah, well, you can imagine who I'm talking about. You know, he's kind of aiming, you know, he's kind of like plays the game more than he watches football. Do you know, the kind of way it's about yeah. FPL. So he's just looking at kind of names, doesn't really remember uh, their history, I suppose. And yeah, 6.1, nearly spat his drink back out on top of me. Does that come into effect in your thinking with Darty? Now, I know you, you've said the ship has gone it has for you. To, it has to. It has to. I mean, that's the only reason I didn't get him this week, if he was 5 million. If he was 5.5, he'd be no-brainer. He's 6.1. I think he's still worth it. 
yeah. mean, remember last year it was all about the, the attacking fullbacks, and uh, this week there was a lot of, to be said for maybe going for Pereira or Doherty. I heard a lot of people on different podcasts saying Pereira was a good option, which he is. Don't get me wrong, but Pereira was, for for uh, oh, Leicester, Leicester. Yes, yeah. Sorry. I but I was fucking Watford for some reason. No, no, what? no. Uh, the fullback, yes, uh, Ricardo Pereira. Yeah, I mean, like you would think, okay, uh, against Norwich away, and how you know well he's been kind of playing this season as well. He could be a good option, but Darty's the guy in form. He's yeah. playing with the team who's in form. Uh, he's super attacking. The question mark was about you know what formation would Wolves play? Would they play uh, kind of a three-four-three, or would they play uh, like a three-five-two? Um, Traore had been benched two games in a row. And Jota was playing centre forward. Now they went to a 3-4-3 this game with Jota playing kind of left wing, uh, Truria right wing, white wing. But it doesn't seem to matter to Doherty. Just the way the teams lined up, he was getting forward a hell of a lot, getting into the box. The stats have been showing that he's getting a lot of uh, attempts on target and getting mm. into the box. And just the eye test would show you it anyway. I'll be straight with you. Uh, I have no, points, no problem holding my hands up here and saying like, I haven't really considered Doherty an option this week uh, or this season. He has gone on a... A great scoring spree as of late. That's really made me go, yeah. No, I, kinda, exactly. I was wrong with that. A goal know? and two assists in two games, but they but had, Wolves they had are kept backing three, it up with clean sheets, three clean See, sheets in a row before that. And so. that brings me to like why I think Bali coming back has given Doherty a massive, uh, like strengthening his position as an FPL option because yeah, uh, Wolves are are capable of keeping those clean sheets. Now we were both wrong last week, and I know we'll get to our Breen sheets later on, but I know I. Often don't remember what I picked. I do remember I picked a Wolves defender last week. He kind of threw, threw a, a curveball out there and said, no, I don't think Spurs are going to score. I was wrong with that. <laughs> I um, didn't think they would either, but no, they got two. Yeah. Uh, so I put my hands up there, but I do think, I still think basically that Wolves are a good shout for clean sheets going forward, especially in the next four game weeks. But moving swiftly on, just to draw quick attention to my low points of the, of the week, and it's something that... We haven't really touched on yet, but it was another, just a little kick in the nads. When you look at Martial, you look at Vardy, you look at like the blank that was there anyway, you know, with your city and Sheffield United assets, kind of the highly owned ones suffering it. Danny fucking Ings, rested. Oh. <laughs> that yeah. was, I was like, are you kidding me? I thought you were going to say Nick Pope getting another 10 pointer. No, I'm not that better. I do, I did see that Nick Pope is the highest scoring yeah. uh, goalkeeper in FPL now. And I was kind of going, oh, I remember I had Pope for the vast majority of the season. And for some reason, I went to McCarthy. Uh, well, fixtures is why you went to McCarthy. Fixtures and price. I think I was trying to make half a mil somewhere. But uh, to be honest with you, I actually kind of don't mind that. If he wasn't so highly owned, it would be I wouldn't be annoyed personally, but he is damaging my rank. Uh, that's fair to say. But no, Danny Ings being arrested, um, that was a shock. I wasn't expecting that. They had they had time. Yeah, apparently he had a an injury concern, and you know Ralph Hasenhutl decided not to mention his press conferences. Mentioned the pre-game that uh, oh yeah, Danny Ings isn't starting today. We've been kind of I'll, I'll only use him if I have to. He's been managing an injury. Where the fuck did this come from? Mm. I didn't know about this. Well, I'll tell you now, Seamus. This is my thoughts on the situation. I think we're seeing that Southampton are getting safe. But they're not. That's they're the not. thing. I thought they were... I was looking and going, oh, he's probably rotating it because they're safe. And then I looked, it was like, they're on like 33 points or maybe 34. No, but he, he knows, like, if you look at Southampton's fixtures, like Newcastle, Norwich, Watford in the next four. Now, they do have Arsenal and City kind of in two of the next five. But their points, their, their games, they can pick up points in. Yeah, but they need to pick up. They need to secure like another six points, really, yeah, to be to, cover, to be to be happy to be safe. 
why not try and get that against West Ham? Like, if you start losing to teams that are around you, West Ham are back, like, in the mix now to survive. Mm. I, I, but it, it wasn't rotation. It wasn't the reason he did it was rotation. It was because there was a knock. I know yeah. Rafemi scored as well. And he did, and that's great to see from uh, an Irish uh, yeah, uh, perspective. And it, was, it was a good finish. I mean, between Shane Lang and Obafemi, like Southampton are just becoming Sunderland, are they? <laughs> 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 Burnley. Becoming, well, yeah, put those two teams together and you've got Sunderland of, of seven years ago. But uh, yeah, just, just quickly to touch on the Danny Ings thing, I would be more concerned that he's looking towards the Euros and that maybe he doesn't want to bust himself before the end of the season. Because he, you know, I'm not like again. I don't want to throw salt in the guy, and I don't know if that's incredibly insulting. But I'm looking at realistically what would be going in, on in my mind if I was a Danny Ings right now. Very strong contention to be called up to this. Um, I don't really want to get too involved in kind of guessing and what, yeah, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> analyzing what Danny Ings might be thinking of. I mean, I guess you could say that. Look with all the injuries that they have with Rashford and Kane kind of struggling out injured at the moment and who, how, who knows how long that will take for them to come back. Vardy retired and Tammy Abraham kind of a bit injured as well and yeah. in poor form as well recently. You don't think there's a chance that Ings might like, just not want to I didn't think he was in contention, himself. but yeah, maybe, I don't think so. I think he's kind of been competent. He's always injuries now as well, you know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. We but won't, we won't stick in it too long. Um, but yeah, I think we can... We can move away from game week 28 a little bit now. Uh, we've mm. de- we've dealt with it. And yeah, there was a few stings in it, but there's a lot more stings to come. But right now, we got the drunk tank. All right, we put out the questions, uh, the call for questions this week, which we didn't last week. Apologies. Nice, but nice we change. have got a ton of questions, or we got a lot of questions here that I have anyway, uh, that we can go through. Way to rub it in, Seamus. I don't and have any questions. These, just as a, a whatever, uh, kind of get my get this out of the way, an excuse already. I don't, I haven't read these questions. I got up pretty late this morning. And fair play to you, you did put out the call of questions, so I was happy to see a lot of them when I woke up. But these are going to be gut instinct answers on my end. I'm not going to be able to dwell on it too Exactly. Long. A lot of them are, you know, what do we think of these guys? And we might have touched on some of these guys. Uh, I'll start with uh, Connor Kelly's question. That's at conk underscore FPL. So he's got two free transfers and 1.9 million in the bank. This is kind of one of these what like what to do with my teams. Now we can respond to him on, on Twitter, but let's mention it here. I'm gonna assume he wanted this for the drunk tank. Yeah. Two free transfers, 1.9 million in the bank. He's got free hit, bench boost, and a second wildcard to play. He's killing it. His overall rank is inside the top 3k or 2993. So fair play, Connor. Absolutely fucking smashing this season, because uh I don't like I know that he's been around since I think this season, especially in terms of the the episodes in the podcast, he's been a, a pretty regular listener, and uh, it's great to see him doing so fucking well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last season as well he was um, he was always liking and sharing it. So yeah, big Shame fan of you, my, Connor. My memory doesn't go all the way back. But yeah, certainly this season he's been killing it. This season, yeah. and I'm going to put it down to his listening to this pod and going, okay, if the guys are doing this, I'm going to do the opposite. I was trying to do that subtly. That was <laughs> that was what I was hinting at there. But you know, I can appreciate that. You just you're like a brick through a window, Seamus. His question for us is: Would we stick or twist with Vardy? Now you have Vardy, so this is really important for you, mm. um, or relevant to you. Um, he's tempted to get in Alba. I just want to wait until the next FA Cup games to be complete to see who blanks where. So obviously he's waiting for that. Yeah. Um, he's wary of blowing his rank, as I think when you're up that high, you definitely always are. Yeah. But just play the game you're playing, Connor. Worry about that in the last 
five game weeks, four nah, game weeks. don't worry about that at all. Actually, don't even worry about yeah, that because, yeah, just attack it. I found yeah. the one season I did well is when I was doing well. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to keep playing my game and yeah. trying to attack it. And I wasn't worrying about it. And I ended up just improving my rank. Yeah, yeah. And then other seasons when I was doing well and I was worrying about it and started making defensive moves, that's when I start going down. Um, he's got his team up here, so... If you want to have a look at that, he's got. Uh, I don't need to. His question was Vardy. Does he stick or twist with Vardy? Yeah. And I'm looking at the fixtures, and as you said, it is extremely significant for me mm. in terms of what do I do because I have him, and I we've been told today. Brendan Rodgers has basically come out today and told us that he is most likely going to be playing against Villa in game week 29. Yeah. So that's a massive boost for a Vardy. But Aubameyang is playing West Ham. Yeah, but. For someone that has a Vardy already, oh, yeah. so you're not looking at kind of like I'm. That's when I mentioned maybe getting off Vardy a while ago. It was because I'm thinking if I was to take a hit, I would just go get Aubameyang right back in. Uh, I should have maybe just got rid of fucking Vardy two weeks ago for him and as and not Aubameyang. But that's you know hindsight 2020 and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I'm thinking he's going to play against Villa, Leicester need to secure, you know, their fucking spot in the top four. They've been slipping for ages. Does Vardy come back and? Uh, and give him a new lease of life against Aston Villa. So for me, being 100% honest with you, Conk, I'm sticking. I kind of try t- talking through it as uh, as we're doing this here. And I'm thinking out loud. And yeah, it's all going to depend on the doubles. Like if a, a double Game Week 29 is announced before yeah, game week de- or before the deadline, then of course Aubameyang becomes a far greater option. So first of all, what you said about waiting until all the FA Cup fixtures, like that's excellent here. That's F- uh, Fancy Football 101, right? That's, there. Yeah, that's paying attention. That's You're paying already attention. getting ahead of other managers by just doing that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sticking right now unless there's a double game we can announced. Yeah, simple as that. If you have Vardy, like against Villa, Villa are conceding. Jeez, you nearly said everything I was going to say anyway. Uh, you, there's not much more for me to add to that, but what I will say is. Yeah, I'd be tempted to just keep Vardy. But you do have two free transfers. What are you going to do with those then? Looking at your team, you've got Madison as your third midfielder. And I know they're playing a nice Aston Villa home fixture there. And yeah, he probably coming back and score 15 points this week now. But I'd be kind of more tempted to maybe consider going over to Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez uh, at this point. I know they're playing Man City this week. Maybe it's not the greatest week to do it, but... He didn't ask I would be earmarking. I'd be earmarking that. Maybe keep him this week. Actually, you've got Cal- he's got Calvert Loon. I maybe move him to Jota. I would basically not listen to anything you're saying uh, because he's in the top three k. <laughs> so if he's got Madison in his team and he's asking about Vardy, then we'll just focus on Vardy because I'm going. But he's to also said he's got two free transfers. What does he do? Burn a transfer? Is that what your, your recommendation? Did you is burn, burn a, t- a transfer? Is my question. No, I. Use two three answers this Grand, because I got a fright. Not this week, but the week before. Oh, yeah, I burned one, yeah. Oh, look at you, sneaky. <laughs> sneaky with your words. I realised that this week, I was looking at the fucking thing, and I went, that motherfucker burnt a transfer and didn't say anything. You know what? I hope, I mean, I hoped it anyway, but now even more, I'm glad to see you getting a red arrow. Because that's anti-FBL hangover, Seamus. Burn yeah. the transfer. But that's your, That's what you're advocating for Connor here. Well, apparently that's what we do now at the FBL Hangover Podcast. We just advocate burning transfers. To okay. the Lord of Light, was it? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you shouldn't burn a transfer. I would be looking at... Uh, eh, you could improve your bench there. No, your bench looks good too. Either way, with Vardy for me, it's stick. Next one, Seamus. All Who's right. next in the drunk tank? We're already blowing through 40 minutes. This okay, here we go, here we go. Um... All right, yeah, Tom Moriarty asks, with two tough fixtures ahead, is it wise to hold off on Bruno or get him in now? 
Uh, yeah, I mean... A, they've only got one tough fixture ahead, and that's Man City, because that Spurs game isn't that tough. No, it isn't. Uh, although we'll probably lose 3-0 now that we're feeling mildly more confident for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. United play well against top teams. The only question is, how does Marino set up? Does, if he does his bus parking job, which I don't think he will do, because they're at home in their didn't new they, stadium. We already played Spurs when under Mourinho, didn't we? And... Uh, he basically didn't set up and we won <laughs> to, to defend. He uh, set up to, you know, I actually, what game. was the result in that game? I can't even remember that game. I can't remember. It's too too many brain cells have been burnt in that time. Man. <laughs> oh, because you brought it up. So I thought you probably had some. I just remember Mourinho coming back to, to no, no, no. I never have any information. This is all smoke and mirrors. But going back to Tom's question with Fernandez right now for the last couple of weeks, it seems to be very much form over fixtures. I think he's a long term keeper with the points he offers in regards to penalties and kind of t- he'll tip away with assists as well mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a whole load of goals from him I think uh, the rate of goals he's scoring since he started for United is not going to keep up I think he plays a bit deep no. more yeah. one was a penalty United do his do get a lot of penalties I'll say that if they're going to score against Man City it'd probably be a penalty um, I would be but he does get very he does get quite advanced man now he, that, that uh, McTominay and Matic and Fred are all available um, he is playing the furthest forward there and uh, similar to how, where Pogba was playing when he was banging goals speaking of Pogba like, there's rumours that he'll be back for the City game that, uh, that's what Solskjaer is coming out and talking about which I think is kind of why they were trying the formation at the weekend I also was reading about that was this was maybe the diamond that they were looking for uh, to fit Pogba in so maybe that's worth monitoring as well because if Pogba did come back United do I suppose, improve. You know, yeah, I think Fernandez probably stays where he's saying. I mean, I don't think Pogba's brought back in immediately and I don't know if he's even that interested in rushing to get back anyway. He's been gone for so long and they're probably going to sell him in the summer, I would imagine. If I didn't have Martial right now, I would be just getting to going to Fernandez. That's... Yeah, but if I didn't have either, I would prioritize Fernandez. Me yes, yeah. but either will do. I, I wouldn't sell Martial just to get Fernandez. Um, I would... So the question is, get him now or hold off? I mean... Get him now if you're worried about the price and you can't afford him, but uh, I wouldn't be expecting a whole lot from Man City. Other than that, I'd probably just get him in in game with 30 against Spurs. I'd be happy enough to get him in there um, a week ahead of their good fixtures, even though it's not a great fixture. But I definitely think he's somebody that's interesting me. Um, yeah, I agree, Seamus. I agree. Sheehan FPL has asked, um, he has the exact funds to go for Vardy and Lundstrom to Aubameyang and Doherty before a minus four. Now, I've told him that I think that's a no-brainer um, even though Vardy has nice fixtures you know you think it's a no-brainer? <clears throat> yeah I, I said that I'm kind of thinking a bit more now this was this morning I'm like thinking now I didn't realise the hit part if yeah. that was a straight swap I think it's a no-brainer 100% because I really want Doherty in there but um, and like uh, like Lundstrom's not playing but with the hit now I'm thinking it's not as black and white as maybe I made out I think I still rather have Aubameyang and Doherty two form players versus two out-of-form players but yeah, I uh, I agree with you there, Seamus, in the sense of, like, if there was no hit involved, I wouldn't really be thinking twice about it. I think it's a pretty solid move. But with the hit and with Vardy being pretty much kind of, I would say, 75% confirmed for the match against Villa, and he is getting that, you know, rest in the FA Cup this week, you will be worried about him nicking one. And if he nicks one, all of a sudden you're minus four. Aubameyang has to pull a fucking a whopper out of the out of the bag. Uh, I'd probably. I'm in a. I think I'm still a little reeling from game week twenty eight, so I'm in a stay safe mood right now. But if you're feeling feeling swifty on a on a Friday evening, yeah, fucking uh, do the double minus four. This is the time to be. This is the time of year to kind of start making aggressive moves and. 
how badly Vardy's been playing, maybe it's time to bet against him. Yeah. I mean, Probably I don't doesn't... know. I, I think he, I, I just see that Vardy's going to get another four or five goals between now and the end of the season. And there's, what, 10 game weeks left and these could all come in the next few. He's yeah. He's been out of form, but he, the team has been out of form. That's the big worry, if is they that get... the team is out of form and Arsenal have been kind of improving. When, I know they lost to Olympia. When, when did they when did they play their best? Leicester have looked good recently when they played teams when they got to play on the counter-attack. Like when they played Man City, they looked threatening then. They're probably not going to be on the counter-attack against Villa. In fact, Villa did them in the cup over two legs yeah. and they were kind of struggling against them which Vardy didn't score in either of those games, I don't think. Um, then they're playing Watford. That could be a bit more end-to-end possibly. Brighton like to have a lot of possession. That could be a bit more counter-attacking. Everton could be counter-attacking. Crystal Palace definitely isn't. It's really about this Villa game, and yeah. I think uh, they could they could batter Villa. But as I said, stop. I don't think we've answered your question properly, Sheehan. I think we're both kind of in the same position that you're in by asking it. Like, yeah, I can see both sides of that fucking sword cutting you. I I think I'd uh, I'd twist, yeah, rather okay. than stick. I think it's just good instinct. Be more excited about that. Yeah, good instinct. I'm with you. Twist. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, on to uh, FPL Rogue's question at FPL Rogue. Um, he says he wants, and this again involving, involving Vardy, he says, I want to see Ndidi and Vardy playing together before I dump Jamie. Uh, his injury was a setback, but I keep looking at that fixture list and thinking, nice. So should he delay further, or is he just being too stubborn at this stage? Yeah, kind of similar question, like do you stick with Vardy? Um, again, that fixture list is very, very appealing. The whole Ndidi side of things, I don't know. I mean, Ndidi does make a big difference to how that Leicester team plays. He does, but I think you made a good point when you said that you see Vardy scoring maybe another five goals in the next ten games. I think that's even if much... even if two or three of those are penalties, like just see, yeah. there's going to be goals. Yeah, there, He's there, good there for were... bonus when he scores as well. The question is, Rogue, like who are you looking at switching for instead of uh, you know instead of moving or sticking with Vardy? Like if you're looking at switching to an Aubameyang. You know, like as uh, Sheehan mentioned in the last question, then maybe that is is a, a wiser option because his fixtures are just as good as Vardy's. Aubameyang is the best option. I mean, if you don't have Jimenez, Jimenez's fixtures are lovely in the next four. And again, the same could be said about Jada. Maybe you want to double up on Wolves and Jada. I mean, especially if Ings is a doubt. Ings's fixtures are pretty good for the next few. Yeah, I think either way, the Vardy question, we're not going to have a decisive answer on this episode. I think that's becoming quite clear, but we do feel the pain that is out there. At least I, I definitely would keep this week, is what I will say. If I if I was rogue and you've you've held him this long, I would keep him against Aston Villa at home. Completely understandable. So the non-Vardy owner is saying keep, and I think the Vardy owner is saying maybe get rid. So yeah. make of that what you will, FPL Road. But then for a hit, <laughs> maybe I would sell. Yeah. I don't know. I'm don't kind know. of contradicting my answers here. But this is the position you're in. I mean, it's uh, ask me a different time of the day, I'll give you a different answer. This is, this is why you're on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next question from FPL Rossi. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is, again, goalkeeper rotation question. Classic Rossi. <laughs> um, He's got Pope, who's a points magnet late recently. Um, he's away to Spurs. Um, or should he play McCarthy for Southampton, whose form seems to have dipped, but they are at home to Newcastle, who are not scoring goals? Yeah. That's the first part of his question. He's a two-parter. All right. Well, with the first one, to be honest with you, I think McCarthy against Newcastle is the is the right answer for me. If I had the two yeah, keepers, McCarty. I'd just be going, yeah, Pope is sucking him up. And, and Spurs, you know, we gave him a little shit last week for being pretty tootless. Uh 
and they did put two past Wolves who were pretty tight coming into that match. So maybe we were not we're wrong, but yeah, I I reckon Spurs scoring against Burnley is far more likely than Newcastle scoring against Southampton. So I just go with uh, with Southampton. Yeah, if um, Southampton were playing any team other than Newcastle, I would probably say yeah. uh, Pope. But Newcastle are so blunt. I know they've got this new formation they're trying here, and they had a lot more shots in this uh, past game. But uh, still in nil nil, wasn't it? <laughs> still, exactly, it was still in nil nil. Playing Dwight Gale up front, don't rate him. Yeah. Maybe you have, maybe Pope has earned some favor with you, Rossi, and you want to stick with him. If that's the case, then don't turn your back on your man. But uh, if I was to, you know, if I was a betting man, and I had to choose between a Newcastle clean or a Southampton clean sheet or a Burnley clean sheet. I know this week I would be going with Southampton. Yeah, and uh, hang on, let me just double check. Burnley are oh, Burnley are at home. Damn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's they're it two good fixtures, but either way, so I just fancy Spurs are more attacking than Newcastle. What was the second part of that question, James? Yeah, he said uh, Pope was away, but no, Pope is at home. That makes it more appealing. Yeah, I'm still edging towards. I if I both, I'd be playing McCarthy. Second part of his question is it time to ship Traore and if so best replacement so I already said I think it's time to ship Traore um, this week uh, for a lot of players depending on what you can do with the money you have in the bank but I think Traore should be somebody I prioritise prioritise get out Yeah I agree I think his time has come and there are at least two better Wolves options being a defender uh, being Doherty and Jimenez and then you could argue that uh, Jota is ahead of Traore as well. Maybe the, between the three of them, I'd be going at all of them ahead of Traore. The question is, who do you replace him with? Because he is at, at that awkward price point where it really depends on what your money in the bank there's is There's lots like. of good options. For 5.2-ish? Um, yeah, yeah, there's lots of good options if you've got like a million extra, exactly, I suppose. You know? um, I'm kind of thinking along the lines that you know people have that money in the bank. I mean, but maybe they don't. If you have the money in the bank... I think okay. If you don't have the money in the bank, you could just go to. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I can't get the, the guy in midfield with him, Jean Moutinho. Oh yeah, blank yeah. in there for a minute. I think he's about five point four, unless he's gone up since I've last no, looked at him. Um, he's about five point four. He's similar price bracket. Um, takes all the set pieces and he'll tip away. But there are better options in that Wolves. Like I could think of three players I'd rather have in that Wolves team ahead yeah. of him: Jota, Jimenez, and you know one defender. Just um, exactly what I said, McCarthy. Yeah, the other ones I would go with would be Mount is looking good again for Chelsea at the minute, and I they've got some decent fixtures. If you could afford, his price is coming all the way down. Would I be looking at Chelsea when they've just drawn two two against Bournemouth? Like their form is so out of whack. At the it's moment. out of whack, but for six point two million, like for your fourth midfield slot, I think that's okay. I'll tell you who I'd be looking at ahead of Mount Ishmael Asar. Melisar, excellent shout, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he came on this week, man of the match performance against Liverpool, came back from injury, I should say. Uh, man of the match performance against Liverpool. And yeah, Watford's they do need to fucking pick up points. They've something to play for. I thought you, they're away games, you know, they're, they're kind of decent fixtures, Crystal Palace, Burnley, but they are both away. But they're going to come and they're going to, you know, need to score goals. And I think Sarr is a solid option. He'd yeah. be the one I'd be looking at replacing Troy with. Um, if you... Can't if you don't have the money in the bank, then I think you can't go wrong with uh, Cantwell or Fleck as an option. Um, you're looking at Fleck there; he's got a home game against Norwich. Cantwell is just great value for his price. He has been over the season, and he'll get a couple of goals for you. But Norwich have looked tighter, a small bit tighter at the back. They're not really conceding as many goals, but they are looking much more blunt in a, uh, 
tighter in defense, yeah, much well, more blunt in attack. I'm saying this all wrong. Norwich are like they're coming to the stage the season now with this kind of fixture patch where their whole season is pretty much going to be decided now between the away to Sheffield United, home to Southampton, home to Everton, away to Arsenal, and home to Brighton. Like that's kind of. This is their make or break period anyway, so they're going to probably throw everything they can at the wall here. So maybe Cantwell's not a bad shout. Yeah. But yeah, in general... I mean, Saris 6.2, you mentioned him earlier. If you can't mm. afford him, Decore, who's been playing in the cold behind Troy Deeney, is um, 5.6, much more manageable. And with Delefeu, after going off injured recently, they're probably more likely to keep him playing in a more advanced position now. I agree, I agree. I think Watford are, might be a team that are on a turning point and could be it could be the right time to maybe get ahead of that... Uh, if you feel like a complete punt, and I was all for this player until he was benched this week, I was looking at St. Maximin. Mm. Now they've tried this new formation. Um, see, Bruce has been playing this new formation with Joe Linton on the left, uh, Dwight Gale up front, and Almiron on the right. And with that, St. Maximin was you know, the benched. casualty and benched. Yeah. Didn't score, so maybe Joe Linton will just be benched outright, or maybe Joe Linton will go back up front and St. Maximum, who I don't know why they bench him. He's their best player, attacking-wise. You don't know. He's just such a threat. He could be a decent option to look at. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. Yeah. But there's a few options. And, uh, and that's not even mentioning like Barnes or Perez, if you have the money for him. Yeah. You know, which are, aren't bad shouts. But we've been blattering on about them for, for, I don't know how many episodes at this stage. So, I mean... Nah, we haven't been to it. That, so, yeah, look... Plenty of options there. Probably all rubbish. Probably none of them get you points. Uh, do we have one more question? I think. Let me just have a quick look through these. Oh yeah, we have two more. Boom. Last one. Our second last one. <laughs> two more. Last one. <laughs> Let's just leave my Chieftain's question. No, I'll leave Chieftain's to last. Uh, last question is Liam, who's at Spurs Liam Seven. He's saying nobody seems to be talking about how Raheem Sterling has gone off the FPL radar. He was essential last season. What do we think has happened to him? Yeah, well, I mean, no one's talking about it for that very reason, Liam, in the sense that he's just, like, he has fallen off the radar because he's dried up fucking returns. Uh, Not even his returns, his price. If he, he, was, he was tipping away with good returns in the first half of the season, but just wasn't proving good value. So everyone was like, well, Kevin De Bruyne is the essential midfielder. Then Aguero started doing what Aguero was doing while Sterling was doing nothing. And I have a feeling that soon Sané will be back and Sané will be an option and yeah. Mares will be an option and Sterling, even when he's back in the team again, who hasn't been in the team for the last couple of fixtures. Yeah, I mean, um, when you're at that price point, you need to be starting like every game and you need to be delivering relatively... Did he play in the FA and the, the cup final? Because I missed it. Started on the right against Villa in the Carabao. And, uh, Still didn't score? No, I still didn't score. Um, so, like, look, that's that's why no one's talking about Sterling. Uh, hopefully, next season, next season, his price gets a bit of a reduction. That would be nice. I like seeing when players who kind of have an off season but are capable of yeah of great fuck of greatness in terms of FPL anyway, uh, take a bit of a hit. But as you mentioned, Seamus, Sané's impending return is uh is something worth monitoring. So. We'll probably even talk about Sterling even less as the yeah. season progresses. I think that's as much as I want to talk about Sterling now because why would you talk about somebody who's a non-option? You're right though, Liam. He's not an option at the minute. It was the first half of the season, but just we all had him and everyone, yeah. everyone's rank improved when they sold him. So I think at the end let's of the, not go back on him. I think at the end of the season when all of the FPL pods are doing their FPL roundups and season reviews, Sterling is going to get quite a mention then as... Yeah. Uh, a hat trick on game week one to where did he go now? Maybe he gets his own spin off MTV documentary. I don't know. So, final question, and this is a really interesting one, I think. It's from uh, FPL Chieftain uh, at F Chieftain and on Twitter. And he is um, asked, right, it looks like risk takers are being handsomely rewarded and FPL community wisdom is possibly flawed. 
what's both of your thoughts and any differential transfers you have under consideration? So what do you think about this, this FPL community wisdom being flawed and that the herd mentality of everyone kind of talking about these same players and going for differentials is maybe the way to go? I think the FPL community wisdom, I don't know that that ever existed. I mean, that's kind of a... Well, it does. You see people talking about it. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, but talking doesn't before. equal wisdom. I see every fucking scenario that could be mentioned mentioned. That's true on on FPL Twitter. So, I mean, the idea of an FPL wisdom, you're the one that really decides what is wise and what isn't, and hindsight does the rest. Me, I decide. You can do Seamus. it. Yeah, FPL, FPL drunk. drunk. You're the one. You're the the bastion of truth when it comes to that giant social network. But uh, yeah, for me, I I don't really even when it comes to ourselves here sitting down spouting in front of a microphone it's like yeah i don't know if there's if there's a wisdom to be gathered from it the the only things that impress me are the likes of people that gather stats because you know like there's not a whole lot of subjectivity to them i mean yeah you can make the argument of stats can show what you want to but there are certain stats we're going okay well this is just straight up maths and uh yeah i can't argue with that i like that stuff on on fbl uh on twitter on social media and all of the things but in terms of wisdom, it's like there's always going to be shouts for yeah. taking risks. Well, talking we about talking about taking risks, um, the team with the highest score this game week is a team that's been on an unbelievable three-week run. Yeah. Okay. And this is something I mentioned earlier. Uh, it was brought to my attention. I think I this remember is the story. The chat. Yeah. <clears throat> and I haven't told you this story yet. I, I read this earlier on Twitter. FPL At Green FPL Arrow. Green Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> At FPL Green Arrow uh, did a thread on this. Genuinely looked into it. I was like, this is actually amazing. At the team who's number one, yeah, with the game week score from game week 28, at, at the start of game week 26, they were 3.01 million OR. They were like, way, way, way down there. So they started taking a few risks. Game week 26, captained Pepe. That was when he got his 17 point haul. So he got 34 points for his captain, finished on 98 points with a game week rank of an inside the top 7K. He jumped up 0.8 million, 800,000 places up to 2.2 million OR. Okay, pretty good. Following game week, game week 27, Captain Pepe again, why not? Got 10 points, got an assist. He had three other double-digit double hauls in his team. Trent, Doherty, Pope on 10. Fernandez with 14, early adopter to Fernandez, and he had Pope with 9. Game week rank of 1.155k, jumped up to 1.7 million, so half a million rank. This week, Captain Ishmael Asar. 38 points. See, he had three other double digits, got 101 points in total, game week rank of one, and he's now up to 719k. I mean, so this suspicious. is this is this is a player I love seeing somebody who is not a dead team trying to just get you know making 40 transfers to you know for a minus 36 yeah. to get manager of the week. This is somebody's actively playing. Was like I'm sick of my my but that's my rank taking risks, nailing it. The chances of these all, like, there's for every one of these, there's about a thousand other people who are doing all these moves, different moves. Yeah, but I mean, you mentioned that, like, he captained Pepe two weeks prior to this. And his fixtures are like, yeah, that's a bit of a risk, but it's a fine, like, I can see it's an educated guess. 
But uh, Captain Ishmael Sarri against Liverpool, like that's not fucking. What are you smoking? <laughs> I know. I don't know. He, he must be a West Ham, uh, not a West Ham, a Watford fan. Yeah, either um, that or high off his fucking tits. Yeah, maybe he's just yeah seeing some kind of future. But I think that kind of does tie in nicely to. He's definitely got an almanac. Oh my god, it is a Back to the Future it's themed a episode. Back to the Future themed episode. There we go, full circle. I hope that little story answers your question, FBL Chieftain. In terms no, of, <laughs> but but that being said, that is amazing that he's got two hundred seventy points across three weeks which is like 90 points average and he's moved up 2.3 million places uh many places but in general like if you're following that the wisdom on twitter because you, you're right you're dead right you'll see every single audio. <laughs> yeah you'll see every single scenario played out on twitter and you're like of course you're going to see the right answers because you've seen every scenario play out before it happens yeah but the captain choice is the one that you'll see most often on twitter the safest captain choice the best captain choice Sometimes it'll go. There's going to be two options, and you kind of know. Okay, I got to go with one of these two, and we're going to be in this camp or that camp. There's not going to be a big camp for someone like Sar last week as a captaincy. Um, and I think if you just kind of know what the herd is doing and decide which moves the herd makes is the right decision and which is the wrong decision, that's going to get you up the rank better than just taking random punts. Fair enough. You heard think. it here. But some risks, like you know, you need two or three risks in your team, and anyone who decided they were going to go for Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin double up a few weeks ago has have been rewarded from their points that's the risks you're talking about you're not talking about risks like getting in the captain small in bone for Southampton against <laughs> Liverpool like that kind of madness we're all going to be on him soon yeah well I won't be fucking captaining him against an undefeated team I'll tell you that much but yes uh, thank you for all of the questions and anyone that wants to get a question in for next week you know by now but you can reach us on Twitter at FBL Hangover before we wrap up, folks, you know what time it is. It is time to get your balls to the wall. All right, we start where we always start. Last week's scores, miserable picks, because there was very, very little picks in game or points in Game of 28. Anyone I saw that did well in Game of 28 either had Pope, Fernandez, uh, maybe a Newcastle defender, uh, who else? Maybe a Calvert Loon and a Jimenez. Yeah. And a Doherty. Yeah. Like, no one had Sar. I saw one team with Sar in it, and it was quite obvious that team did well because they are on 60 something points. But um, our picks didn't have too many in there at all. Hot shots. I had first pick. Okay. I said I wasn't going to go with Salah. I went with Firmino. Absolutely nothing. Two points. Yeah. Uh, you said you were also going to go with Salah or Mane, and you went with Trent. One point. Boom. So you win that. And you win that. Your second pick was Jimenez. Seven points. So you're up to eight. My second pick didn't even play. Vardy. Oof. Who knew? I so, certainly didn't know. So I had no auto subs to come in there. So yeah. So I sneak in. I sneak yeah. in with a W. I mean, like, as you said, no. Like, I you had one goal from two players and I had one appearance point from two players. And it sums up pretty much how game week 28 went a little bit, I think. I think it's perfect, uh, yeah. yeah, summarization of how it went. Um, the Puck Vada, again, you went with uh, Barnes, two points. Good, a good pick against Norwich, let's yeah, be fair. So. Um, better than Verity yeah <laughs> I went with Armstrong for Southampton against uh, West Ham and for a long spell that was you know uh, in the balance it was 1-1 uh, until West Ham went ahead but West Ham were well worth the money they played very well this week uh, Armstrong only got two points so that's a tie Breen Sheets you'd first pick having won the week before I remembered it you said it already earlier yeah. Bali zero points got a booking didn't even see the booking actually when I was watching the match because I was kind of mainly watching the United game yeah um, zero points and I went with um, you transferred him in this week so that must have been really sick then 
It was. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I thought I at least got one point. Um, but I went with Matt Ryan as my green sheet pick, who got two points. Um, I thought this was such a must-win game for Brighton that they would do that, and Brighton had uh, a ton of shots. Actually, Mape up front for uh, Brighton, I thought it was looked very dangerous. Yeah, but they still left one in at the other end, and uh, Matt Ryan with two points. And look, that's I, I think Brighton don't buck up soon they're going to get relegated yeah there's a few teams that have a lot of bucking up to do before the season's over which mm. is great for I think FPL I think terms. Villa are going to get relegated this is why I'm kind of thinking come off Jack and I think it's going to be one of Brighton Bournemouth um, I think Watford will pull out of it um, Newcastle could get dragged back into it but we'll just wait yeah. and see but staying with our balls to, our balls to the wall picks okay hot shots this week you'd first pick this week Seamus first pick I've gone with yeah, something we've chatted about a lot over the episode. Something I got rid of two weeks ago before the double-digit haul. Uh, Aubameyang, I think, at home to West Ham. West Ham are going to... They won this week, didn't they? They did, 3-1. Uh, yeah, 3-1 against Southampton. And, uh, yeah, I think West Ham are going to be feeling happy. London and Derby. Lon- yeah, and they're going to be up for it. And then Arsenal are going to score inside 10 minutes, and that's going to just fucking change the whole shape of the match. And I think it would be a different game if it wasn't at the Emirates. I think if they were playing in uh, West Ham Stadium, mm. uh, then it could be a tough game. But I think you're right. I think Aubameyang is a good bet. Yeah, so he's my number one. I think it's a bit of an obvious both one. these goals uh, very well last week. Not in game week 28, but in game week 27. Also had a fantastic miss against Olympiakos in the Europa League yeah. since we last recorded. Yeah. I actually didn't see that game, but I saw the miss. Um, I didn't see his goal, but I went back and I finally got around to watching last week's Arsenal game. And uh, he looked very good in that. He only got two shots in the box and both were goals. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Salah. I think this is a great game for Liverpool to bounce back. Uh, Salah, we all remember, he got a hat-trick against them last season against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to say on those terms that he likes playing Bournemouth and uh, I'm going to back him um, he'll probably be fucking bench now yeah I think that's the concern there, there is a question here they've now can no longer go undefeated mm-hmm. and they're one all down against Atletico Madrid are they going to start rotating in the league now well, or are they going to see that look without Henderson there and after bringing in Lavra in the last game that if they rotate they could start losing more games we'll see I don't know I think I'm going to wait and uh, see how this Atletico Madrid the uh, second leg plays out yeah. before because that's going to be the big massive one but I would be worried like what players they rest yeah it's the just before match. the Champions League game but yeah. I'm just going to back Salah I think uh, hopefully he plays he yeah. could well be rested be aware there's a risk there but you do get the joy of a third pick yeah and uh, seeing as we were told by Brendan Rodgers that Vardy is going to be available for the Aston Villa game I'm going to pick him my second pick um, the Aston Villa are the worst defence in the league yeah simple as makes sense uh, I would also have uh Kind of had to root a bit for Verdi. I suppose it doesn't help in terms of the uh, drunk tank questions because we've brought, we've gone with both Alba and Verdi in our hot shots this week. My fourth pick was yeah Mane. Oh, for the same reasons he's done with Salah, I am worried about rotation, but I just wanted to go with something a bit safer for the for the. I think Firmino's more likely to be rotated than anyone. Yeah. I think he could be rotated and Salah could be put up front and Origi could be given a, um, a go. Well, if you look at like Atletico like Madrid in the first leg, they took Mane off early because there was a bit of you know kind of targeting going on in the match. And I just wonder what effect that will have on Klopp's approach to the second leg. Yeah. Does he rest Mane in preparation for the battle that he's going to have in the Wednesday? But again, look, this is all armchair managing. Yeah. And I don't like entering that. But yeah, there are four picks. Alba, Vardy... Mane and Salah, they're the ones we think we're going to deliver the, the most points this week. Uh, going on to our Puck Fathers, though, for Game Week yeah. 29. Um, 
You had first pick. I had first pick this week, and I've gone for Ishmael Assar yeah. after his impressive game. He's a Rowitz. Yeah, he's only 1.2% owned. I mean, very like no managers would have had him this week, apart from, obviously, the guy who captained him last week, so fair play. But he'd been out injured for a few games before that. He came on as a sub the week before, and I had been looking at him having nice fixtures coming up here anyways, potential option for that kind of fourth midfield slot. He could be a great option for me to replace um, Triori with, except I don't have enough budget, so <laughs> I'd have to uh, free up some more money. Uh, but he... Has got the the form now. Yeah, it's a solid pick again. We kind of who knew t- he'd do it against Liverpool? No one except the guy who got the top rank in fucking yeah. game week twenty eight. Apparently, uh, either way, you know, I think it's a solid pick, and we kind of delved into those reasons why. Looking at my puck father, I've gone with now. I had originally picked. Uh, I think it was John James you went, Ward Prowse. You, you went with uh, Harry Barnes first of all, but oh, yes. that was your pick last week, so that was ruled out. That was ruled then out. you nearly went with uh, your week picked the week before and James Ward Browse. <laughs> you got an assist this week. I was a week off. I wanted yeah. to see if we could get back on it. But no, I had a moment of clarity then when you went out to make your cup of coffee and I changed my pick to Mikel Antonio. I think what I said about the Aubameyang against West Ham uh, match, I do, like that's what I do. I think Arsenal are going to score several goals. But West Ham have scored nine goals in their last four matches. They put two past Liverpool uh, they didn't score against City but they think they put three past Brighton I don't think Arsenal are in any great shape and uh, yeah I'm I'm confident that they'll leak a goal to West Ham and I think Antonio I want to see him score I like him uh, I like his performances and the shifts he puts in uh, so I want to see that rewarded and I think this could be his week yeah so there we go Mikel Antonio he's my puck father goal and assist last week as I said here uh, and my brain sheet is, uh, is Leno no it's not <laughs> yeah you could have nice segue onto that yeah. no um, yeah no Antonio yeah that's an interesting shout and I'll be interested to see if he can follow up his performance uh, against Arsenal here and as I said yeah Arsenal aren't great at the back um, at all so uh, yeah, all that being said Leno um, he was at fault for one of the goals last week I think um, well not at fault he could have done better I think for Richarlison's goal but he actually made some great saves in that game so he's looking a bit sharper yeah but you know even broken clocks are right twice a day you yeah, face so many fucking shots against Arsenal that he's going to make saves it's the defence that's a bit of a shambles yeah. not, not, not in goals really um, yeah I won the Breen sheets last week by the def- well not by default but I got appearance points and you got nothing for Bali um so I've gone for O'Connell. I think um, time for Sheffield United to get themselves a clean sheet against uh, again against Norwich. I know Norwich are just off the back of a good victory against Leicester, but they have been very, very poor attacking and they're relying on their full backs to create and score goals at this point. And uh, I think that's like one goal they've had over the last three or four game weeks. They didn't have a fixture last week, so I think you're just having detox syndrome from uh, Sheffield United not being around. And I completely understand why you want to get that Sheffield United defence mm. back into your bloodstream yeah uh, yeah no it's a good point I think as you said Darch you talk about Villa being the worst defensive team in the league I'm uh, going to put a little tick next to his name because I think that's a lock that is what percentage is he on by now um, or not O'Connell he's 4.7 million I don't know his percentage but he's one of the lesser owned guys in that team yeah. well I, I mean a little tick next to it so that's his, his clean sheet locked in exactly and I'm looking to get a bit of Sheffield United action but I might wait off until the wild card I'm I off the know. double now I got rid of Egan mm. uh, last week to get in Bali and, uh, but Bali has a lovely game this week against Brighton as well but you still have Henderson so I still have Henderson that. and I'm going to start him yeah no I think O'Connell's a solid pick but does that wrap up our balls to the wall for game between nine? Uh you got to pick uh, your brain sheet there but I thought I already picked my brain sheet. Oh no, I've went with it. yes. Uh, you picked, but you haven't mentioned it. 
Yeah, uh, McCarthy. Uh, again, kind of going back to FPL Rossi's question there. Uh, I think Southampton just against Newcastle. Same uh, for your your shout against uh, Norwich. Same fucking exact reasons. Newcastle are struggling to score big time, and Southampton. Yeah, their their form might be kind of slightly dipping, but defensively they're still pretty sound uh, in terms of you know shots conceded, all that kind of. So there you go, Rossi. If you were going to, you were asking who to play. Jer, having been able to pick any. You know, defense there. He's picked Southampton. I have, yeah. You know? I've really betted against Newcastle. Otherwise, you could <laughs> you could have picked Pope or you could have picked uh, Bernie yeah. Defender. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, you know, whether I am just picking the team that not that doesn't score as opposed to the team that will keep a clean sheet. But now we're getting into some uh, semantics today. I dare not dwell on. Uh, but we will wrap up the balls to the wall there. Now, before we leave you folks, we're going to do a very quick rundown of the FPL Hangover Podcast Mini League. Seamus, I am correct in saying you have the stats in front of you? I do, indeed. And we're going to start off this week with the highest scoring manager in our league, which you had to go down the league a small bit to see who, who got that. But it was a, a very impressive showing this week. Callum O'Donnell, the codfather, is our manager of the week. 63 points with a minus four. He's the only one I saw with a with a six, a 60-something. Uh, there was one or two in the 50s, but not a whole lot. Um, he won by quite a bit. It's a uh, fantastic week to have you know yeah. such a great score. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he captained uh, Fernandez. He had Calvert-Lewin. He had the other Fernandez, so he's a double Fernandez owner. That's going to get confusing. So that's eight points for one Fernandez and 20 points as uh, Bruno Fernandez as his captain. He also had Pope and goals. Um, he had double uh, Bernie defence. He had Taylor as well. Yeah, 63 points is an amazing score. So I'd say that definitely helped his OR. But going to the actual FPL Hangover Mini League, the top of the table, starting at number five, a new entrant at number five, a re-entrant, Paul Galloway, FC Galloway. He's come in there at number five. Connor Kelly, who we answered a question for already on this uh, question. Conk is in fourth place. David Sexton in third with Barstool Profit FC. And, uh, and he's on 1,700 points. Man, that's over 100 points ahead of me. Uh, tied with him in second is Christian Arstad uh, with Sky ND, his team, also on 1700 and way out in front for the last God knows how long. diggity weeks, I don't know how many weeks now <laughs> Luke Burgess 58 points ahead of second place 1758 uh, last week he was in, I mean that's a game we scored 39, that's probably a green arrow, he was in the top 100 last week, we'll so see. I haven't checked his game week rank now, but he is he is top of the pile and uh, we are having a meeting after this to uh, arrange merch yes. and get prizes. And that's all going to be sorted out in the next coming weeks. It will indeed. Thank you all for listening. I hope you didn't get too stung in the hole from Game Week 28. And I do wish you the best of Game Week's to come <laughs> and give me 29 but if you do want to reach out to us as I said we're on Twitter at FPL Hangover we're also on Gmail at FPL Hangover at gmail.com it's all the same I'm absolutely trashing the fucking place now as we, as we wrap up Seamus give a quick shout out to your Twitter handle yeah I'm at FPL Drunk find me there and you're wishing everyone the best yeah may your eyes be green guys God bless God bless